Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. If you resonate with having an anxious attachment style, it's likely that you probably hate the idea of dating. So how do you go about dating with an anxious attachment style? Anxious attachment often rears its ugly head early in the dating process, which can make it really hard to enjoy getting to know new people and exploring your compatibility. Because anxious attachment is characterized by almost this preoccupation with a lot of things, quite honestly. But when it comes to dating with relationships, you might be preoccupied with fears like abandonment, rejection, reaching for a connection, all those things kind of pop up. And it can show up as overwhelming concern about a potential partner's text response time it, or maybe like feeling emotionally out of control when you haven't heard from someone you want to or constant rumination over your conversations and what they mean. Maybe you keep scrolling back over your text and be like, oh my God, what did that person mean? It can show up in so many ways, most notably as emotional distress over feelings of uncertainty. And that's where the anxiety starts popping up. So how do you make it through those initial stages of dating, which are often riddled with uncertainty and find a healthy match for you? You have to be aware. And that is really the the great place to start. I mean, once you have that awareness, it is then up to you and what you want to do afterwards. And that's what I want to give you some tips on. So I want to go through just, I mean, obviously when I work with people, there are a lot of other things that we work on and and they're personalized to you, but these tips may be something that you could get started with. So first thing, notice when you are trying to manage the relationship in your mind. And so what I mean by that, notice when you are obsessing about the relationship. This habit is referred to as activating strategy, which it it might look like imagining a future together. You're thinking about everything you like about them, or you're like replaying in your mind past conversations. A little of that is okay. I mean, we all do that when we date and we start having fantasies, but when it starts to feel intrusive or constant, obsessive, You have to redirect your attention to your immediate environment and do something that will keep you more in your present, in your body, rather than kind of future forecasting. All right. The second thing is pause before you react. When you're dating someone new and something seems off with the relationship, It can be really easy to act from a place of urgency in terms of reestablishing a connection with them and seeking that reassurance that things are okay. I see this a lot with people who have anxious attachment. Before acting on your impulses, you have to check in with yourself and do what you can do to soothe yourself. And consider that you don't actually need to connect with them in that moment. I know it feels urgent, But what you really need to do is calm your nervous system. So here's a few ideas to do that. Move your body. That's always a good one. Dance around, do jumping jacks, take a walk. 
get out of your head, get into your body. That's always a good thing. Call a friend, make a list of people that you might call upon when you're in those states of anxiety, especially as you're a new dater and you're getting out there. Maybe it's somebody who can make you laugh. Um, breathing techniques. That's another great thing that's scientifically proven to help calm your nervous system. And there's so many different breathing techniques out there. It's like whatever one kind of resonates for you and distract yourself. Watch your favorite show, scroll through your favorite feel good social media account. <laughs> Again, bonus points if there's something that can make you laugh because that will distract you from the anxiety that you're feeling in that moment. All right. So you pause before you react, do some of those things. The the third thing I often tell people to do is just notice what situations are consistently heightening your feelings of anxiety. Usually you can detect a pattern, you know, like maybe it's texting and that's when all the anxiety pops up. Maybe, you know, going on social media is a trigger and that's what pops up when you start seeing people with other people, whatever that is, start taking note of a pattern for yourself. And the other thing I will say, and this might sound really weird, (laughs) but date multiple people. I mean, of course, you know, it's common for someone with anxious attachment style to start feel very attached, right? And so that for that very reason, I always tell people to date a lot of people so that you don't get attached to the outcome, that you don't rush and try to make things work with one person and get obsessive about it. When you just learn how to be in a moment and connect with a lot of people, it will help you not get sucked into the vortex of a relationship that may not be good for you. And the final thing is, and of course I'm going to say this, get support. You know, this is hard stuff to do on your own and navigating the world of dating is really overwhelming. It can be scary and Everybody benefits from having a support system. And whether that's other single friends, a family, a coach like me, a therapist, whatever it is, it has to be somebody who gets you and who's safe to talk to. So it has to do with trust as well. All right. Well, today on the line, I have a great guy who struggles with a lot of this stuff with some attachment issues. He also has ADD and he finds himself often in a state of anxiety. So this dating stuff has gotten really hard for him. And while he's working on it, he still feels stress and also has fears around rejection. And he has been considering lately getting back with his ex who he broke up with a while back, even though he's not sure it's good for him, but it just feels easier than dating. And I hope I can help him sort out these feelings around this and come up with some strategies to help him with his attachment style. Welcome, Lewis. Are you there? Yes, I am here. There you are. <laughs> you. you are here. Oh, I am, look, I am so glad you're here. And I knew it took a lot to get here. So welcome. I just want Thank to you. say that. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, you know, I described a little bit about you, but I, I I'd love to like have you kind of describe more of you. Um, tell me just a little bit more about you and tell the audience about you and What has been challenging, you know, when it comes to this stuff around the attachment, the anxiety, the ADD, all that? Okay. Well, to begin, Kimmy, thank you for having me. And uh, I got to say, Kimmy, you you and another person has definitely uh, were a trigger to get me to, or not not a trigger, but 
lit a fire underneath me, if you will, to <laughs> learn about myself and research. And, you know, currently uh, I have a, uh, you know, I have another life coach and uh, uh, I have a licensed clinical social worker and a psychiatrist as well. I'll get into that. And uh, let's see, since uh, we since we first spoke, like you, I appreciate you, Kimmy. Like, thank you. Aww, <laughs> I appreciate you very welcome. much. Yeah, it's you that that conversation we had when we first spoke, like I it resembled a safe place that um that I had with uh with my ex where I felt vulnerable and I was able to talk. So thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you but, for saying that. Yeah, and you know, you and I were talking a little bit off air before we went on, and I'm just happy that you're sharing that because you listening, if this is you and you're finding yourself you know, maybe never talking to someone or it's been a really long time or, I mean, this is what it's all about, you know, and I think Lewis, you sharing that it, it could just be one conversation with one person that could really just light the fire, as you said, yes. uh, into yes. something and spark something that's huge for you. So yeah. Anyway, continue. Okay. Uh, so Lewis, uh, 38 years old from Sacramento, uh, California. Um, Let's see, I am a combat veteran. I uh, was in the United States Army for eight years, just about. Served two tours in Afghanistan. Um, came back in one piece for the most part. Uh, no, I did. Came back in one piece. Um, so I was, uh, let's see, diagnosed with ADD at seven years old. Um, my issue growing up was uh, not focusing. I wasn't hyperactive. It was, I just mm -hmm. couldn't focus. And I, couldn't, I couldn't write sentences in my, you know, for language arts. I couldn't like, sit down and just rewrite the sentence that was in front of me. Couldn't do it for some reason. Math, no problem. Had no issues there. Um, let's see. Uh, I also was diagnosed with PTSD about a couple of years ago um, through the Department of Veterans Affairs. And uh, let's see, what else? We were talking about anxiety. Um, so my issue with anxiety in, in regards to relationships is not being able to, not having the floor when it's my turn to talk. Well, when I feel it's my turn to talk. And, uh, you know, when, when, there's, when there's a debate, we'll say a spirited debate, quasi-argument, that's, you know, trying to keep control of. But, um, but yeah, no. So with me, it's uh, the hanging up. The, the hang up. I'm going to let you, you know, I'm going to hang up. We're going to get off the phone and click. And it's like, what? why can't I speak? Why can't I? Why, why don't I get a turn? What's going on with that? So what I would do, unfortunately, I'm about to put this on the air is uh i was that person who was uh if you will blowing up the phone calling you uh. yes yes yeah that was me and i will say that that that's happened it's, it started occurring more in the uh last relationship that i had and uh you know um and i think the reason why is because i uh uh, as I said to you, Kimmy, like I, you know, you're just like the second person who I've like felt safe with, with, uh, you know, in a, in a welcoming environment, um, mm -hmm. with her, with my ex, that was, uh, that was the, uh, that was the feeling I had with her. It was a safe place. Um, like there were times during, we'll say pillow talk, right. Where we would just talk about, you know, I felt safe and I was able to open up and, you know, and, uh, that was really the first time that in, in my, I mean, I've dated since I was 18, um, you know, 30 or 30 years that I was able to open up and talk. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been married twice. And even in my marriages, I wasn't, I didn't feel, um, I've never felt worthy of love. We'll just say that. I've never really felt worthy of love. And I believe from what, what I've learned so far is 
that stems from uh, bad childhood where I would sit by the door and wait for my father to uh, come pick me up. And uh, he was, a, you know, a no call, no show. And I mean, we have a relationship now. It's, it's not a quasi father son relationship. It's more of a friend to friend. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I wait by the door, backpack, ready to go. And want to see my dad for like, you know, a couple weeks and our, the schedule was, uh, you know, there's custody. I had, my parents had 50, 50 custody and it was, uh, our schedule was every other weekend. And, uh, you know, there'd be times where I didn't see him for, you know, about a month. And, you know, that's where obviously the fear of rejection comes into play as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so <laughs> that's um, what I've gone through. And then I believe it was sixth grade. Um, my mother, she, uh, bless her heart, we're, we're, we're cooled out. We're, we're great. But, um, she was going through something. I don't really know what it was. We didn't, we never talked about it, but like it was something in regards to her mental health. And, uh, I ended, up, I ended up leaving and moving in with grandma for like sixth or seventh grade. And uh, obviously that, that, that affected me as well. I felt, you know, I felt like my mom kind of, you know, gave up on me, but again, we've never spoke about it. And I've never asked uh, in my adult years, I've learned that decisions are made for a reason, right. Especially mm -hmm. like in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So I took that as a, uh, you know, the decision was made and not to say it was a bad decision. I, I mean, it was a great decision. I felt, but um, you know, it still affected me. And at the time, like I still had the feelings, and yeah, it still hurt. So I think that's also another issue that I have as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all that, Lewis. Mm. And and actually, like it, you were you were sharing some of the things that I was going to ask you about. So it's, it's perfect that you kind of connected the dots with, you know, maybe how things are showing up now and how that is connected to some of the things that you experienced early on. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about what you shared about dad and mom, it, it relates so much to this anxiety now, you know, where anytime there's feelings of uncertainty, the anxiety kicks in and then there's this like need to latch on. There's this need to have answers. There's a need to have certainty because growing up, you didn't have it. And, and as a kid, that, that's a very unsettling and scary thing to not have that predictability and that love, you know, it's not that your parents didn't love you. They loved you, but they did the best they could given their circumstances. Right. And so yep. you, I think, and I don't know if you've ever made this connection in your mind, but you know, really when you look at anxiety, what is anxiety? Anxiety is the unknown. And so that relates to dating, right? Dating is a bunch of unknowns if you think about it. Right. And so that's why a lot of times you might get in that state of like that anxious attachment because you're wanting so badly to have that certainty. Have you ever thought about that before? No, I haven't. Um, however, you just, I, I have a quick question. I, yeah. I just, this just dawned on me. This just dawned on me. Um, I'm also the only child. Mm. So does that, does that have anything? Does that add to the pot, if you will? <laughs> at all uh, like being, being it's part of the picture yeah okay. it's part yeah of yeah but not, not the whole thing but yeah cause... no absolutely because if you think about it you know if if you never knew if dad would really show up at the door and mom was going through her thing so she kind of left you know 
you, you have, you said fears of rejection, but I think there's also probably fears of abandonment because of that. And if you had like a sibling, sometimes siblings rely on each other when they have that dynamic and you didn't have that. All you had, you know, was yourself. And then it sounded like a grandparent, but that absolutely, you know, kind of plays into it and why you may want to like lock it in with maybe some sense of security with a woman. Yes. Oh my goodness. You, yes, definitely. I did not have a sibling and I, it was just, you know, me and the way my, uh, the dynamics of my, you know, uh, growing up, it was, uh, I don't want to say it was quasi be seen, not heard, but, um, mm -hmm. it was mom was going through her thing and, uh, you know, in the younger years and she was hurt because of my father. Cause it just, uh, they split when I was four and, uh, you know, he was doing his thing and, you know, she, she, it definitely affected my mother and, you know, she, she tried. I'm not going to say she didn't try. She, she did the best that she could. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I think the taking of, I think also the taking of Ritalin too kind of affected me well because I didn't have any social, I didn't have any real social cues or social skills like growing mm -hmm. up because I was the quiet kid, <laughs> like all the way to 12th grade. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I was going to say, Lewis, like, where did you put all that emotion? Like, what was your role then? Would you just kind of try to handle it on your own or? You know, um, great did you ask? Uh, I was closed off. I, mm. I was closed off. I did not talk about anything. Um, I was very cold, if you will. And uh, regarding like my father growing up uh, as a father figure or role model, I kind of learned what not to do. That that's how I that's how I like um, processed it, right? I learned right. what not to do, but I never, but unfortunately, I never learned what to do, mm. <laughs> right? And so, yeah. thirty years old now, and uh, I'm finally gathering it. I'm trying to, I'm finally like trying to uh, crack the code, if you will, the cheat codes, get the cheat codes, <laughs> get the cheat, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and the good news is, Liz, you can, and you're young enough where like you still have the world ahead of you. And I'm just so amazed at how resilient you are too. like, just given some of the stuff that you went through. And it sounds like not only have you been through wars, you know, in the world, but also like, in some ways, a battle in your home too. just trying to navigate, like, you, you never knew what was happening, you know, so again, like, your life has been riddled with a lot of uncertainty, and, and you've learned how to navigate it through, you know, just kind of handling things yourself or, you know, getting some sort of structure, maybe through, you know, the army or whatever it is. And th those are what I call survivor techniques. So it like, it's not a bad thing. And I always say sometimes challenges are gifts in disguise, but then it's like what you do with it in ways of like, you know, moving forward with relationships and how do you have kind of that reciprocal, healthy relationship moving forward and to learn to be able to be vulnerable and express your feelings. And it's starting with this podcast right now. Like, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I, I am trying, you know, um, I, uh, I, I don't want to say, I don't know what love is. Cause I feel like I do personally, but like I've always, my dream has always been the white picket fence, the American dream, the white picket fence, the family, a kid. And, uh, you know, that's always been, it's always what I've wanted. Right. And uh, I feel like my downfall personally was the not trusting, not being able to, not being able to trust, um, you know, my partner, you know, mm -hmm. my my lady, 
whoever you know be whoever it was whoever it was at the time and uh you know my last ex you know i was the first time i've ever like <laughs> uh put trust into um you know into 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 you know into somebody mm-hmm. and uh you know it felt that actually felt great <laughs> yeah it felt great it felt amazing and i think also with that i kind of did a little too much uh, I did a little too much vulnerability and uh, <laughs> I feel like that may have like killed the attraction right because right obviously you know what when when the uh, you know when the uh, when the lady I guess leaves or whatever it's because uh, there's no romantic attraction anymore right that's when it that's when it's gone right am I right on that one well, there's different reasons, I think, for different okay. situations of people, <laughs> sure, sure, but sure. it sounds like that might have happened for you. In this, case, in this you? case, yeah. Um, Plus, also, I feel like the uh, the the polarity reversed. Mm. Definitely the polarity reversed. Yeah, so I've, I've been doing some research. <laughs> but uh, the polarity definitely reversed where um, I was, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but uh, I was like kind of in my feminine, my feminine, and she became, she was in her masculine, but see, with her, I feel like she always had. Not that she always has been in her masculine, but she, it, it's 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 a, it's not a light switch. Like it's there for her. She can she can do it with ease, but she's definitely going to like let it be known <laughs> that this is not what this is not what <laughs> what we should be doing right now. And uh, but uh, but yeah, so that's what happened. Yeah, that's why I feel so. Yeah. Well, let's get into that a little bit because I want to help you moving forward. I know that, you know, uh, I mean, last time we talked, you were kind of thinking about maybe getting back with her, but also talking about like how you build your your dating confidence again and getting back out there. So what where are you at with things now and what are you finding challenging when it comes to the, some of the stuff that we talked about, whether it's the attachment style, the anxiety, the ADD? Uh so, um, if I'm being honest, I feel like I, I feel like that it is not me like getting back with her. It's, uh, like what I like to, yes, totally would. Um, mm-hmm. especially after this, um, however long this transformation is going to take, like, I, I like to call it a Lewis 2.0, if you will. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm at like a 1.2, right? Version 1.2, maybe 1.3 right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, um, I feel like I did not. In, in this in this specific one, I felt like I did not uh, give her or provide the uh, the full me, and she's I, I believe she saw it in me. I mean, we've had a conversation about it. You know, she definitely stayed for quite a while too because she, I mean, she's verbally. I don't know if it's real or not. I mean, I don't. I believe I believe it was truthful. I believe she was being honest. Um, that she because I've heard it before. Um, you know, she said that she, you know she pretty much uh, she has stayed or she's been there because she has saw the the future of me in me. She saw the, the, the next version, like a better version of me. Well, I want to talk, wait, wait, wait. I want to talk about that better version, the future version. Cause that, I mean, I think that's a great, like kind of, well, vision, if you will, if if you, when you see the Lewis 2.0 and you see him ahead of you and the one that she's talking about, what do you see? I see the, uh, the more relaxed, laissez-faire Lewis that things don't really I mean for the most part like outside of relationships um outside of uh well not relationships but um uh let me let me put it like this uh I've 
I've had the ability to, or I've not the ability. Um, I have dug myself. I've always dug myself in a hole, right? Mm-hmm. And I've never really, I've never really learned how to get out of the hole. And I keep on digging and digging and digging to where you know, I'm at the Earth's core, <laughs> mm-hmm. essentially, in relationships. So the the 2.0 that I see, the 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 future version of myself, um, I see myself. Uh, maybe not digging that deep of a hole, but still being able to, you know, recover in a quicker, in a quicker, faster version. And I think me, not me, because I don't, I don't pace, right. I kind of rush things and, uh, Ah, okay. Pacing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a definitely a factor Mm -hmm. where some people, you know, run, run a little slower. And I think that may be my, you know, the ADD in me, right. Maybe. Okay, cool. And uh yeah. So, so the the 2.0 Lewis, you when you look at him, he's more relaxed. He's yes. more resilient. He's more like able to be present and kind of pace things out in a in a healthier way. Is is that what you're saying? Do I have uh it? yeah, definitely, definitely. Yes, uh-huh. definitely. Uh, in a healthier way, a more relaxed way, a um thinking through things. Fully, not that I don't think things fully. Um, um, I mean, I was always taught to think twice, speak once. However, uh, that's when I don't want to say uh, that wasn't in regards to like relationships because mm-hmm. I never really had a positive. I never really had positive role models in relationships, so mm. you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. No. No. That's a really good point. Is that how you know? And it's also to give yourself a break. Like, how are you supposed to know some of this stuff? I mean, a lot of the stuff we're talking about are skills and things that people see or they learn. And there's a lot that you haven't. So that no, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, now with these new found skills, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, the new yeah. Lewis, like, yeah. is he, is he dating other women? Is he dating his ex? Is he building more of a social life? Like, what is he doing? So what is he doing? Um, Great question. And you know what? I don't have an, I don't have an answer to that question. Just let me, let me think about it. Give me, give me a moment. Um, what I would like yeah. is to be what I would like to see is uh, myself back with uh, my ex. That's what I would like to see. Um, however, realistically speaking, it's probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have any negative thoughts in my head um, mm-hmm. to kind of like, you know, uh, uh, what's, what's the word? What am I looking for? Um, to fail myself out or, you know, I already have failure in my, in my mindset. Right. Um, but, uh, I think just overall, like, I want to say like all of the above, if you will, but like in a sense of, I would be happy with, uh, well, I'd be more happy, obviously with the X, right? Obviously, but, um, Mm -hmm. I would be, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'd be, I'd be okay. Um, just with the social life and Mm. maybe like later down the road, like, I mean, I have a social life now. Um, you know, I live in, I live in downtown Sacramento, which is kind of like down, uh, you know, kind of like downtown San Francisco, if you will, where, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the city, it's just a smaller version. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't have to drive anywhere. I take Ubers everywhere. And, um, you know, I, I go I go to, I go out, I go to the nightclubs, I go to the bars, and uh, I have a great time. The, my social life is pretty, 
it's decent. It's pretty well. You know, I, I, uh, I'm more of a recluse though, so I don't really go out too often, but when I do go out, I have fun. I have a great time. I have a great time. I'm, I'm centered. I feel mm-hmm. and, uh, having fun with my friends, having fun with the boys. Um, now, like if I was to like walk up to uh, a cold approach, if you will, like talk to a lady, yeah. sometimes I'm in the zone. I, I Sometimes I'm in the zone and sometimes I'm not. And uh-huh. sometimes I'm timid. Yeah. Okay. I, cause I think we're on to something here. Like, oh, I, I'm like, no. yeah, <laughs> in a really good way, Lewis. No, and, okay. and, and that's why I wanted you to kind of talk it through because uh-huh. it's so true. Like when I asked you that question, like, what is he doing? And you're like, Oh, I haven't thought about that. I mean, that's the first thing to do is to really kind of state out loud. Well, what is it that I really want? And what would I be doing if I had this kind of 2.0 version of myself? Because until you answer that question, it's going to be hard to know what map to give you or where you're going to drive the car to. Right. And that's why sometimes it feels like you might be spinning donuts in the road, going in loops and circles because you're, it's like chasing your tail, right? Cause you're not quite sure. It's like, well, I know I want some of this, but I'm not quite sure like where I'm going, how, and who I want to be with. And I would say, and you know, it was kind of like what I was talking about in the beginning of the podcast is that the best thing for you to do is first of all, just make really almost like miniature goals for yourself. And, you know, let's just say that your end game, your, your finish line, if you will, Mm -hmm. is getting back with the ex. Let's just say that that is it. Like that's your kind of ultimate goal and dream. And possibly like in the new 2.0 version of Lewis, maybe you guys are better for each other, you know, like as you grow, but I think you're right like what's more feasible is that what if you actually made a plan where you're building these skills, where you're feeling more confident in the way that you're more relaxed in your body, you're more resilient, you're slowing things down, you're enjoying yourself, you're building, you know, social connections and building your self-esteem and what, so that no matter what happens in the end, you still have you. And I think that's, the most important thing. So like what I would recommend is I think you should be just, and you know, whether you call it dating or socializing, it, I use it interchangeably. Like when I say date up a storm, I, what I mean is just meet a bunch of women, meet a bunch of guys, like go out and really build your social life. And as you're doing that in a more consistent way, you can collect data about yourself and other people to really keep your eye on the ball of who's good for you and who's not, and not just latch on to somebody who makes you feel good, for instance, because they have to offer a lot more. And that's part of building your self-esteem too, right? Because the more you, right, like the better you feel about yourself, then you get to choose who you move on with rather than vice versa. It sounds like in the past, like because of your self-esteem, it's like, oh, well, you kind of latched on to this last girlfriend because it was the first woman that made you feel amazing and safe and that you could talk to. But there's a lot of women you could do that with. Trust me, there's amazing women out there. And you're not going to get to know that until you start exploring the world, but in a very confident way. Does that all make sense? That all makes sense. Totally. That makes sense. Yeah. So like just to give you some tangible, like almost goals and homework, like I, are, are you, are you online right now? Are you dating online or? Uh, no. Okay. So 
it sounds like at least you enjoy going out. And even though you're reclusive, you have moments where you like yeah. to go out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll go out like once a week, sometimes twice a week, or I just, you know, I'll just be home. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, what I would do is I would make a social calendar for yourself where you're doing it on a consistent basis so that you're practicing pacing, just even inherent in your social life. And so what I would do is structure it, say, okay, every Friday I'm going to go out and and then have a goal in mind every time you go out. Okay. So it's like, all right, today I'm going to practice being more vulnerable. You know, let's, for instance, you know, and every person you meet, you share maybe a, a fun story about yourself. Um, and by doing that, you're working on a skill in a very consistent way. And you see how like people respond for you to you. The second thing is that I would rotate where you're going. So while bars are really fun, let's face it, um, it's a certain environment, right? There's drinking, yes. there's certain there's specific, there's a specific, you know, there, you, absolutely. Yeah. There's a little right. more of a uh, hunting aspect. People are not always themselves because they're drinking. I'd love for you to find something in the daytime that was that's around your passion. Like, do you enjoy cooking? Do you like reading? Like, what are some places that you enjoy going to? So reading um, this, this, uh, this whole self-healing or self-love phase, yeah. phase but I, that I've been, um, which has been like for like three, four months now, um, I've read like, I've read like about 18 books. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I love read. it. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm not a reader. Uh, you know, I, I read when I have to, um, like mm -hmm. I was, when I was in school, like I have my, I'm a bachelor's in business. Um, and I'm like 15 credits away from my master's and, uh, I put school on pause. That's the only time I read. <laughs> that's the only time it was when I needed to read. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, such a different, yeah, it's a different <laughs> right. way of reading. Yeah. Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. And, uh, but, uh, well, the no, reason I read for fun, I didn't read see. For fun. <laughs> and I think that's great. Like, and, and like you could go to the library and maybe like talk to some women in the library, or you could even like look into book clubs. Do you know how many women are in book clubs? Like you, you would be gold there. <laughs> you could like, <laughs> You could start your own book club and start making like um, a little bit of like a, a social club. I've had many clients start their own clubs and it's a great way of meeting people because you could have friends to bring friends and that kind of thing. Um, you could go to places maybe where a lot of women are hanging out just to also kind of do more cold approaches, but in more natural environments versus the bar. So maybe yo like a yoga class, something that's like a, a little more like health minded kind of thing. So I think just doing that on a regular basis, but kind of stretch yourself to different environments and also giving yourself little mini goals every time you go out, because that's going to help build that confidence too within. Yeah. All right. Do you, do you like that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I like the I like the idea. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, I, I know. That's great. So that's that's the first. And that also will enrich your just social circle, because I think just the more connection you have, the, the less alone you'll feel. And that always helps with dating. Um, the other thing is that I would I, I think that I don't know if you do any kind of meditation or yoga like on that line to calm the mind and do things that are more in your body. Have you started uh, I go to thinking? gym? I go to gym and run. Um, and I'm okay. yeah, I just I mean, that's. That's when I just actually got back into the gym. Um, I think I told you I got my last time we talked. I had my gallbladder removed, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, 
So anyways, I've had to, you know, now watch what I eat and thus resulting in uh losing losing some weight, which is great, needed to. And uh now I'm back in like my running, my running physique. So yeah, I've been I am running a little bit now. Like I I scheduled uh three Spartan races this year, this upcoming year to do. I used to do those often. I used to love them. And uh, so there's so that. Great. That's yeah. awesome for you. And and are you exercising on a regular basis? Uh, I go about three to four days a week. Um, sometimes, you know, it, uh, I try and go in the morning. Um, okay. I try and, yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I think once upon a time I was avid. Like I was going like six days a week once upon a time. And I definitely... Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm also trying to hit your goal of being consistent and just like pacing. So even Ooh. like as you do this with your social life, I would do it with your exercise life too. Like have some sort of consistency that structures yourself. So instead of popcorning it, like, Oh, maybe I'll do this day or that day. I would say, all right. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday are my exercise mornings. And I'm going to go at 9am consistently. Friday is my social time at 5pm. Go consistently because that consistency and structure is going to help you. It's just like, you know, in the army, you had that, right. That built in you know, structure. It totally helps. And guess what? That will manage some of the anxiety and, and just those feelings of uncertainty when you, when you're able to just manage your personal life and calendar and, in a very healthy way. So, you know, there's ways of, of helping you in the same aspect of what maybe you were doing, like when you were texting your ex all the time, obsessively, you can take some of that and just apply it in a healthy way by just structuring it. So I definitely, I would do that. And the other thing that I would try is, I don't know if you're opposed to online dating, but even just going on one app and like once a week, just having conversations with women, not necessarily to have dates, but just even practicing flirting and conversations and keeping kind of that game going a little bit. Hmm. So my thing with online dating, um, I mean, I've I've done it in the past. There's no issues there. Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, I don't want to say I'm kind of old fashioned, but I'm kind of old fashioned. Um, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of people who will say the white lies about like certain things on on, on, yeah. on my day. like height, right? We'll say height, uh say photos, right? Possibly you know, possibly being catfish, not possibly, but that's happened a couple times. But um, Yeah, and I think a yeah. lot of people ha- share that. I mean, you are not the only one. And I'm not like Oh my God, you have to do online dating. Right, when, I right, work with, right. when I when I work with clients, I use it more as a portal for practice, knowing oh, that okay. you'll be able to detect those scammers anyway. I mean, they're scammers. Yes. And and I always joke, like, by the way, those scammers are also in the coffee shop and in the bars, too, by the way. But yes, it's just yes. a more concentrated place that a lot of them do hang out. But but really what I'm trying to hone in on for you is more about the skills and enriching your life versus landing you your soulmate. Because I, I agree with you right now. I think you're just building yourself up to be the best version of Lewis possible so that in the end, if you do end up wanting to get back with your ex, you do end up dating somebody else. You got yourself. Right. Right. And, and that's be... it. It's just like building. Yeah. And, and I think the more you put structure and slow things down and be in your body, 
it's going to really help you be that relaxed guy that you see in, you know, in that vision of yours. Yes, I concur with you 100%. I definitely uh, feel like I feel like I do feel like I need to slow down. I just, yeah, I just, I've never really learned how, not learned how, but people like say, hey man, slow down. Like, and I've been told, like, no, don't rush, don't rush. And I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, can, and some I can, of I can, it. I can sit down for like, you know, I can, I can pause for like, you know, 15, 20, not 15, 20 minutes, but like, you know, we'll say for like a day or whatever. And yeah. All right. Yeah, but some of it, I mean, you know, and this is for you listening too. like, if you've been diagnosed with ADD or I mean, this is real, like it's not, it's not everything is in your control. But what I will say is that, you know, there are things like um, you can look into mindfulness and breathing exercises and yoga, meditation, all of that stuff has been proven to at least manage and help with some of this stuff. So I would also incorporate that, that this would be my final tip is like having a morning routine where you're incorporating some sort of mindfulness or, or deep breathing into your day so that you, you have that like as part of your routine, in other words. So you see, like, I'm kind of trying to structure you to have like yeah. all these kind of positive things. But if you started your day with like an exercise routine and breathing and meditation, and then, you know, you kind of set your intentions for the day and then you have like, you know, your week rotated between your work, your, your exercise, your social life, then now you're creating more balance for yourself too. Ooh, okay. So I did uh one time I did uh what's called breath work. That's that's, that's yeah, called, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came uh uh so I was on this app um called I was actually on an app called Meetup and uh it's not like it's not a dating app. It's I mean they have no, like, Meetup is great. Dating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um I don't, I don't even know how I came across it, but I came across it and uh there was a uh there's a gentleman on there who was like it's like a man a male group right like guys can go there and. Uh, not like a, not like a, you know, a circle where you just go cry about things, but like mm-hmm. everybody like supports each other. Right. And, uh, we did a, uh, we did a session once where we did some breath work and, uh, he was, you know, going, I was going through the motions and, uh, it was like about like 20, 30, it was about like 20 minutes or whatever. And like, I like, man, I, my body was like, was, was definitely different. Like I felt like it was crazy. I can't even Ooh, describe it. I can't good. even describe it. Lewis, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying. Like, Honestly, look into something like that where you could do, and you don't have to even do 20 minutes. I mean, there's even apps out there where you could do five minutes of meditation a day. And then maybe you want to pick one day where you do that deeper, you know, type of breath work. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's been proven to help with ADD and anxiety big time. So I think if you incorporate all of this, all these things that I'm telling you, I think you'd be on the way to that 2.0 Lewis that you're talking about. I see him, by the way. I see him ahead of me. And it's not that far. Not as far as you think, especially if you have some consistency with all this and you keep going with this. I appreciate that. Yeah, because I don't I don't really like taking the uh the medication because I did that as uh you know child, right? Seven yeah. years old, Ritalin, Ritalin Dexedrine, Wobutrin, Adderall, um, you know, all the way to 18. <laughs> And then, um, like I have a, I mean, I do have this thing called propanol or something. I forgot, but it's for like if you get amped up, it like I guess it's for like athletes or people who mm-hmm. have like stage fright, and it like calms it down like within like fifteen minutes. And uh, 
What's funny is I've had it for I've had it for a while, but I'm like I'm not a big, I'm not a per, I'm not a pill person. Like I and I think it's because I've taken the medicine the medication for, you know my my childhood. Yeah. So, and like I've noticed like a couple I've taken it a couple times and uh, it's definitely like helps. But again, I don't really like it. So it's good to know that the the breath work is uh you know helps with ADD because, you know, going to school like my mom immediately just, and not to blame her she she did what she did because she had to you know she doing the best she could. Yeah, but it was immediately like medication, medication, medication instead of trying mm. other things first, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Now, Lewis, like I, I and I think just, you know, as you move on and try some of these things, I always say it, it takes a lot of experimentation. It takes a village. It, it's um, it's it it's like never village. one pill, you know, that just solves right. all the problems. It's and sometimes it's a combination of all of it, you know. But whatever works for you, if you just keep going with some consistency, I um, I'm excited to see just kind of like where you could go with all this because you're a fantastic guy and the fact that you want to work on yourself at such a young age and you're wanting something more and different for yourself now's the time. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing. How do you feel right now? Oh, uh, I feel pretty good. I feel, I feel positive. Like, you know, like we talked, which we discussed off air. Um, I was actually pretty nervous, uh, coming on here. I don't know if that, I don't know if I portrayed that in the show and whatnot, but I try to keep my voice monotone the whole time. You were um, awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But I feel yeah. good now. It's, good. Like a, a breath, good. it's like a breath of fresh air now. Like, See that? Yeah, you're doing it right here on the show. You're already doing kind of the inherent breath work by it's like a breath of fresh air. Even you said that it's a great metaphor to like think about as you're doing all this stuff. That was awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And well, I'm sure everyone's going to look forward to hearing your progress. Thank you. I appreciate you again, Kimmy. I really do. Like you said, you are just a recap. Um, you know, uh, the, the breakup, like, made me think about what am I doing wrong? And then talking to you on the phone that one day, we t- I think we talked for, like, two hours or something. And mm-hmm. that one, man, that, that like I said, lit the fire. So thank oh, you. Oh, you're so welcome. And, and thank you again. And thanks you for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm a, your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence and make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you are wanting help, to overcome your attachment issues, your fears. I have the perfect workshop for you coming up soon. It's January 23rd. It's called How to Meet People IRL. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it means in real life. Because I know Lewis prefers that too. And I do as well. And this is a co-ed interactive workshop to give you the best tips for confidently navigating the social scene without anxiety and uncertainty. And it's more than just about dating. As you heard on this episode, it's about changing the way you mingle, you present yourself, how you feel, how you connect daily so that in the end you can date with confidence and attract the right person for you. Just click the link you see in the show notes to register or go to stophatingdating.com. But hurry, as always, seats are limited. And I would love to see you there in action, especially for you listeners who I've never seen in person. I will get to see you there. All right. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.